0: reality radio for a really great future we're talking real money
1: oh my gosh it's that time again i know you're excited i know you've been waiting waiting patiently for another exciting episode of talking real money the podcast hi i'm don over there is
2: tom what? What are you shaking when your you head s- about? When you say it that way, it sounds like it's a put-on. It's facetious. It's it like, was a oh, little facetious. On. Okay. Just want to make no, sure I'm reading you Do you think I'm serious? Wait a minute. How long no, have you known I didn't, me? A long time. Okay, and so right. when I hear you say that, who does, I, I don't know how to respond. Who do I does respond the more?
0: Like,
2: <laughs> who does, should I respond like, well, okay, then we're, what I'm going to say is meaningless? Or who, should who I respond does, like?
1: <laughs> who does the more serious radio guy intros?
2: You or me? I guess we'll have to give that to you. I suppose. No, you do the more serious ones. You're sort of oh, more, I see. I'm more the news I'm, guy. I'm more I'm, the Ted yeah, Knight. Yeah. Thanks, I'm, Lou, for taking over for me. You no, know, like no. But that. even yeah, Ted,
1: even Ted, we didn't take seriously. People tend to take no, you seriously. No, well, shouldn't have been. Yeah, taken and if seriously. people are taking me seriously. They they just haven't been paying okay. attention. Okay. Right,
2: I just want to make sure no. we're on the same page. So uh, you're being the, kind of like silly, and we haven't even started. And today we're gonna to be talking about an obituary. I mean, this is serious kind of stuff, so I don't know why you're being silly on a day like today. So but okay. It's
1: fine. actually not an obituary. That no? anybody well, maybe one person. There's probably one person on the planet who's gonna
2: be kind of sad. Well, at, he had grandchildren, so maybe Okay, more than there's
1: more. like eight. Eight or nine. Okay. A handful. Less yeah. than a small village worth of people. Less than a small community of people.
2: Others will be glad to see him gone. Uh, A lot
1: of people are just like, well, good, we can put this permanently permanently behind us. We won't have Bernie Madoff to kick around anymore because yeah
2: Bernie uh, passed away today at 82 he's uh, the father of the they're calling it the greatest financial fraud in history by the way when they say it was 65 billion dollars they are wrong it was about 18 billion that people actually put into the fraud at the end they thought they had 65 cuz <laughs> he, he claimed he'd been investing and making a lot of money and all these things no but they, the actual loss was around uh, I think it was around 18 and they've collected the trustees collected about $14 billion. I think they paid back almost so, 80% of the, of the fraud. It's pretty good.
1: So the not, question not that is, any of
2: it's good. The question, that good.
1: The question then yeah. is, who's really more serious about all of this, Tom or me? And you just learned it was Tom. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. I, I have Fair to be enough. very specific about this. Dang it. Well,
2: well, does okay, anybody really care that. about the
1: particulars?
2: Yeah. Okay. Does You're anybody right. care? I guess we shouldn't. You know, anyway.
1: it was a lot of money. And it really—we should money. change the name of because it's a better name anyway. A Ponzi scheme is a dumb name. A Madoff scheme sounds so much better because not only does it memorialize the greatest Ponzi schemer of all time, but it's a much more appropriate name for it—a Madoff scheme. He made off with my money.
2: Indeed, you're right. The name is better. It's more recent. People are probably going to remember. And Charlie Ponzi. That was like a hundred and twenty year who knows what that
1: get yeah, him out no, of. the Madoff scheme. Like, Nomenclature. The, like the term. Well, by by Bernie was not... no, wasn't nice knowing you. Um yeah. uh
2: But Bernie Bernie's what? What what he did was it reduces confidence in the system. People think <laughs> No, it does because no, people wait.
1: believe be, there shouldn't be much confidence in the system. Well,
2: I I was just gonna bring that up that you and I have a difference of opinion here. I am generally a believer if people tell me things. Generally. Yeah, well, that comes from my upbringing. (laughs) There you go. Uh, And you are on the other side of it. You're like, "Mm, probably not. That's Mm -hmm. fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But what happens is when people do things like Bernie or when people rip off their own grandmother, then you start to think, well, wait a minute. Maybe this thing is a fraud. Maybe people really are stealing my money. I'm not getting a fair shake. And this recent story with poor old Beverly Schottenstein. And these it's stories like these though that make me a cynic. When you're getting ripped
1: off by your own grandchildren who claim to uh, be professional investing advice providers, I find the industry to be less than
2: honest. Forthcoming. I mean, so this is this is a story that made a little bit of the national news, a little bit of inside baseball. But uh, you may have read about Old Beverly, old I say, because she's ninety four years old. She came from a family of great wealth. They were they were in the furniture business, shopping centers, etc. Built up this wealth. She actually sold her part out, got the cash, and then said, "Well, what should I do with the cash?" Well. One thing she shouldn't have done is go to J.P. Morgan. That becomes readily apparent, and here's why. Well, but, but wait a minute. Morgan, why did
1: she go to J.P. Morgan? Well,
2: though? she went there because her grandsons right. were working so she, there. As so,
1: so wait a minute. So this is a story brokers. of family loyalty. It's love of family <laughs> or
2: disloyalty. Yeah, all right. Uh, so anyway, the the point was the money went there. She was invested in. Uh, Stuff that people should stay a 1,000 miles from, auto-callable structured notes.
1: I don't even know what an auto-callable structured well, I mean, I know, know what, what auto- a structured note is, but, and I know and, what yeah, auto-callable it's, is, but yeah, it's, why would anybody even put somebody in something like that?
2: Well, let me tell you why. Because here at the end of the day, the commissions earned off her account just shy of $3.9 million. Now, she just won a $19 million arbitration award against J.P. Morgan and two former brokers, two former brokers. Both of her grandsons are now out of the business, I hope, for life. Um, But the, the point is this sort of thing does happen, not to this extent, hopefully, because for one thing, she had an awful lot of money. But it raises a couple of things for me. Number one, and we've said this before on the show, On the show, Um, you should only ever, ever, ever hire, no reason to hire anybody else, 100% fee-only fiduciary, period, because no, here, there's commissions were generated in these accounts. Hold on, but
1: I can pretty confidently state that these guys made it appear to grandma that they were looking out for her best interest. They may not have come out and said the word fiduciary, but you know a lot of these people do. They actually say the word fiduciary. Oh, no, I'm a fiduciary. And they might have been at times.
2: 360 unauthorized trades? Does that sound like a fiduciary? No, no, no. I'm saying they might have
1: claimed to be a fiduciary at times. Because they do think about those. Think about the guy you listen to on the radio in Phoenix. I'm always looking out for everybody. I'm looking out for everybody. Everybody. I'm a fiduciary. And yet he's selling insurance products. He's not a fiduciary when he's doing that. I have no
2: idea how he can even say that. Because he's lying. Okay, okay, that's one. That's one. Number two, and this is more serious. Elder abuse is a serious issue in this country. Elder financial abuse is not to be laughed at. It's not to be made fun of because it's a serious issue. Now, how you fix that because I don't know, especially in a case like this, which I truly call affinity fraud. I mean, she was taken by her own family members because, as you said, she probably said, I trust them, by the way, she doesn't use a computer. So they were sending her a lot of stuff by computer that she did not see. Maybe had she seen that, she would have said, wait a minute, why am I buying and selling these things? How much am I paying for all of this? But elder abuse and affinity fraud are serious issues that need to be paid attention to maybe in a situation like this another uh, somebody else in the family should have been looking over the shoulder of these Mm. young men and saying wait a minute this isn't the right thing for grandma is it or is it so while we're laughing about this and i'm glad she won the 19 million dollar arbitration award which jp morgan of course will appeal because they always do Uh, This is something to be paid attention to very carefully, I'd say, any time your parents get their mid-70s and older, especially in a case like this where we're talking tens of millions of dollars, real money.
1: I'll tell you, you, if you were part of this family dynamic, the rest of the family would not even think to question these two men both of whom who worked for one of the most respected firms in America, they were professionals. It would be like questioning your grandson who was a doctor or a lawyer. You don't question the professionals. They know what they're doing. When, in fact, most of the financial professionals in America, pardon me for my little bit of a rant, but most of the financial professionals in America are not looking out for their clients' best interests. They're not. They can claim they are, but they're not. It is a terrible industry that is rife with this. This is not the exception. This kind of stuff, not at this level, is the norm. Selling people products to generate high commissions, that's the norm. Churning accounts, that's the norm. Lots of trades, that's what churning is. That is the norm non-disclosure of fees and commissions. That's the norm. You need to understand that despite your desire to give your grandkids or that woman at church or that person you're in Rotary with or whomever it might be the benefit of the doubt, you need to be far more vigilant and take these people to task. Don't take their word for it. Don't even trust. Verify.
2: And can I disabuse you of one more uh, name you've used here? Professionals. In my day, a professional was a doctor or a lawyer because they went and got an advanced degree no, that stock does that. No, stockbrokers were too.
1: Stock back in the day, stockbrokers were what cons-
2: degree did they get? Didn't matter. What, what, didn't how, matter.
1: They came out what, of college how, with an M with a with with some sort of a master's or something, and they went into the stock breaking business and they were up there in the packing order of the No
2: no, I'm saying we should not call them no. professionals anymore. I think it's a poor term. It implies some sort of advanced learning in all this when most of them went to college, sure, but then the advanced learning is they went to JP Morgan to learn how to sell. That's what they learned. They don't know anything more about markets than you do.
1: And not i got to tell you, other no, no, talking. no, no. I mean, it's not just uh, my conjecture that this is true. I know it for a fact because I personally lived it. I came from nothing, knowing nothing about money, and was told after two months of training that I was now a financial, a respected financial professional with the firm the same firm that is now Morgan Stanley.
2: Enough said there. Oh. Okay. Oh. By the way, I'm looking forward to hearing how Thanksgiving goes. This I know. Year. I Come bet. On. I bet Thanksgiving Sorry, is that was miserable. Too easy. Yeah. Too easy. Yeah. Th-
1: those grand. real
2: turkeys are going to show up for that those one. Those grandkids girl,
1: will not yeah. be there, and good riddance to them, because I think what they did to their grandmother is oh, deplorable, it's... deplorable, Shocky. and horrible. And, uh, you know, if you have questions before you get into trouble, you can call us anytime at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. We would really like it if you'd call us before you get into something, but people tend to call us after they've already gotten into some things, and then it's harder to figure out what to do at that point. Sometimes it means, you know taking your lumps so uh give us a call before bad stuff happens or after 855-935-TALK or send your questions in at talkingrealmoney.com here's one of those called in questions tom
2: yes i have two um mutual funds that are in managed managed uh mutual funds so there are several mutual funds within the mutual fund used to be with usaa now it's with schwab Is this a good way to go, or should I be getting my own portfolio from the broker's list that you were talking about? I hope you understood that. The bottom line is I got a a traditional and a Roth IRA, and they're both managed funds, which means I'm paying a fee, percent I think.
1: Well, it sounds to me like you had some sort of a managed account with USAA. USAA got out of the money management business. They sold off their mutual funds to Victory Capital, and they moved all of their managed accounts to Schwab. So what you probably have, I, and I don't know this for a fact without seeing your statements and talking to you more, is a, an advisory account of some sort at Schwab uh, because you said you have multiple mutual funds in it and you're paying an extra fee. So you got a fee and then you got fees for the funds. What the, the, the correct answer is dependent upon the quality of that portfolio, the cost of the funds, how well diversified they are, the quality of the advice. Without knowing those kinds of things, it's very difficult to give you any kind of an answer.
2: We find when we talk to many people – we give on our website three fund portfolios at Fidelity, at Schwab, and at Vanguard. Pretty basic. You can set up, you know, how risky you want it to be. They're pretty well diversified. But we still talk to so many of you who say, oh, it just feels confusing. I don't know what I'm doing. When do I rebalance this? If you're one of those people, then having a an advisor – Hundred percent fiduciary fee only advisor who manages. And when you say manage, I was, that that makes me think like active management. But somebody who's rebalancing the account, sending you money, whatever it is, it's worth it at the right price, right? I and, mean, and this I is think the right that's what he's situation. getting, but
1: I really can't tell because I, I he says managed, but he said he's paying a fee and then he has mutual funds within the account. So it sounds like he could have a perfectly good advisory account at Schwab. Or he could have something completely different.
2: Don't pay commissions. Never pay more than 1% management fee. And only, I guess the third time I said this in this program, only work with a 100% fiduciary because then they won't come to Thanksgiving and try to fleece you.
1: And the important part of that statement that Tom said isn't the word fiduciary. It's the 100% part. Because as we said... Most advisors these days know that the buzzword is fiduciary. So they're all claiming to be fiduciaries. There's a well-known investment guy who's actually a CFP. He's actually a certified financial planner. He holds himself out on television to be a fiduciary, and yet the bulk of his financial business his his income comes from the sale of indexed annuity products which no one in the industry except maybe him would would believe uh, is a fiduciary type product as a matter of fact they're exactly contrary to the fiduciary standard we're going to wrap up this podcast thanks for being a part of it and we uh, we do appreciate you being there. We hope you spread the word. Please tell everybody about it. And if you can, leave a, a review at Apple Podcasts because those are terrific. They make us feel good. Leave a good review, though. The bad reviews just make us feel bad. <laughs> Until until we read them on the oh. until we read them on the show, and then we get like three good reviews. So sometimes the bad reviews do work out for us. So I guess thank you for those two. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again. We're here almost every day. 855-935-Talk is our phone number, or send your questions in at talkingrealmoney.com on the contact form. I'm Don. That's Tom. Hanging out, talking real money.
0: Talking real money.